Hello, and welcome to Join the Club podcast. As I sit here today on Noongar land, I acknowledge the lands and waters of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I pay respect to the ancestors past and elders present and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. I am and will continue to be inspired by the rich culture of the Wajak people and how the value is placed on family and connections with others. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Join the Club podcast. I'm really excited for this evening's episode. I don't know why I'm saying this evening because you might be listening to this at any time of the day. So this evening, this morning, this afternoon, 2 a.m., whenever you're listening to this. Um, I'm really excited for the episode today because it is our second guest episode and I'm joined by somebody who is very special and dear to me and it's actually my sister. My, I've got two younger sisters, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, and Katrina, <laughs> why am I laughing? She's giggling. Um, Katrina is the um, middle child of the, so she's like my youngest, younger sister, but not the youngest. She's the middle, she's the, she's the naughty, the troubled middle child. And I'm really, really excited for Katrina to share her experience of um, the club that she's going to talk about today. Um, But before I go into the chat with Katrina, I'll very, very quickly share a little bit about who she is. So I've mentioned she's my sister. She um, has also like had a very similar upbringing to myself and my other sister, being that we have moved a lot um, throughout our childhood and that love of travel and exploration and relocation has like followed her through her whole life, through her whole whole adult life. She is a nurse and she has like lived all around Australia nursing and has lived overseas at different points in her life as well and is planning on um, travelling and doing some travel nursing again really soon too. So, yeah, pretty cool. But I won't tell you exactly what um, is, I guess, unique about Katrina's um life because I'll let her share that with you but before I hand it over to Katrina I thought we could start off breaking the ice a little bit and sharing our highlights of the week and I'll start off today and mine is um about the Wiggles documentary I don't know if anybody has watched the Wiggles documentary yet but it was recommended to me by a friend and I don't know if it's part nostalgia or part um, being a parent now of a young child who loves and watches the Wiggles, that it was just so great. It was really wholesome to kind of see the journey they've gone on as a band like that formed in the early 90s and, you know, they it wasn't like they rose to fame with like an overnight success. Like it wasn't anything like that. Like they plugged hard, they worked, they were doing like concerts with 10 kids at like a community center and they just stuck true to who they were. And yeah, just like super inspiring. So if you're looking, if you love a documentary, if you want a bit of childhood nostalgia, even if you're not a parent and you're interested in um, a bit around like music and um, fame and success and all that sort of stuff, highly recommend watching the Wiggles documentary, which is on Amazon Prime. So, Katrina, what is your highlight of the week? (laughs) She's still giggling. Sorry. So um, just a bit of a context as to why we're giggling. Um, As a nurse, I can't really do anything fun and exciting to my nails. So when I'm not working, I put on these like really cheap little like pop-on acrylic nails and I had to get my license renewed today at the nightmare that is the Department of Transport in Mirabuka in Perth, WA. And I was there for like nearly two hours today and all sorts of characters are there as anyone who's gone to the Department of Transport knows. Mm. And (laughs) And I dropped my bag when I was being called up to counter number 16, please. And one of my nails popped off. Mm-hmm. And every time I look down at it, I just think about the chaos and the lack of shoes that it's the Department of Transport. And it's just making me laugh all over again. So I apologize, you guys, if I just kind of break character and think about it again because my hand is right in front of my face and I just get the giggles around Holly easily. So she gets, <laughs> she gets nervous. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I've never been on a podcast before. I've never been interviewed about 
low-key stuff like this before so yeah you gotta just gotta talk about a silly story i, I love a silly first. story we have a bit to, of a laugh. yeah we're full of silly stories we are a bit silly aren't we so what is mm. your highlight of the week what's something you'd like to share that was like really cool about your week so far yeah well um at the moment well i i'm a registered nurse um i've been an rn for just just over three years now and um, in the last couple of months, I've started my postgrad in women's health medicine, which is more focused on gynecology than midwifery. And as anyone who studied science knows, it is extremely dry and boring because it has to be. It's all facts, no fun, no fluff. So, like, <laughs> writing an assignment. Fluff. <laughs> no fluff. No fluff. No fairy fluff. No, no ma'am. No oh, ma'am. Oh, no ma'am. And it's really boring. And every 15 minutes, my brain just goes this is way too evidence-based for me and I have to go on TikTok or I just walk around the house or I turn the oven on I just do anything to <laughs> like, like, put, like, like put something in the I'm oven say, I just... and like make a hot chocolate or just do something to break it up and then I go back for another 15 minutes and I type out another 100 or 150 words <laughs> um and you know what it, yeah can anyone else relate to that who's gone by you've done your master's I'm sure you did that a lot while you were studying I mean you were pregnant like when you did your masters of teaching, it must have been very similar. Part of it, yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't really find joy in like turning on the oven just for shits and giggles. But no, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you, know, you know those mac and cheese balls from Woolworths. I know that they're in the freezer. True, and it's lunchtime, so why not? Absolutely. Oh <laughs> God, I am the world's worst procrastinator. Procrastinate like, baker. They ca- Procrastinate baker. Snacker later. Snacker. Procrastinate snacker. <laughs> Procrastinate snacker. That is the worst. I feel like I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to break it up. So I'm just going to have a look. I'm going to have a look in the <laughs> fridge. I'm going to have a look in the cupboard and see. Even just, though- just in case anything's magically turned up. I mean, I the know. last time I opened it. <laughs> like, mm, I just have a little look and see, even though I know that there's like a half a packet of like digestives that I really I don't know like. you lower your standards and you yeah. get the peanut butter out and you get the plain biscuits out and you try again <laughs> dry Cheerios don't mind if I do <laughs> well um while I was procrastinating um a good friend of mine has just recently gone through a breakup um my group of friends are all in their early 30s and most of us are single and he said myself and a couple of the girls are going to the pub my local is the rosemount pub in perth just down the road from my house i live quite close to the city it's my local it's one of my favorite places in the world um i go there like any chance i can get and i was at first i had the excuses ready like nah man i've got to do my assignment i can't i can't i can't i'm very good at saying no because i have an unpredictable job i fall asleep at 6 30 p.m bolt upright on the couch like nearly every night you know <laughs> and i'm always tired and like working pretty much full-time and studying part-time like a quite a difficult degree it's just hard to balance it and you just get used to saying no and missing out on things and I just said hang on like if you calculate your procrastination hours it's going to be two hours anyway today so why not just put a bit of makeup on and go to the pub and just get some fresh air and have a pint and just get out of your little um like your little jar of thoughts at the moment just break it up a bit and then you'll just be in a better mood when you get home and it was great it was just like the three of us just sitting around all in a circle early 30s oh dating sucks oh doesn't it just you know like comparing bad dates that we've had during the week um you know like um going back and forth about my friend's breakup and mostly just enjoying the sunshine. Like the Rosemount's a very busy place and they have like live music and DJs there and the food is great. And I had to like force myself to leave and go back home and finish that freaking assignment. But it eventually got done. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast will be thrilled to know it did get done and it got handed in two hours late. Thank you very much. <laughs> 2 a.m. Sydney time. Yay, Sydney time. <laughs> yeah, Sydney time. Um, but yeah, that was my highlight of the week. Just really like feeling like I was a teenager who was sneaking out of the window to go see my friends, like getting away from my responsibilities. And it really filled up my cup because it can be hard for me to go out and see people a lot. Like I am quite introverted. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really good. I think spontaneous stuff like that is really a really good cup filler as well. Yeah. Mm. All right, Katrina, let's get into it. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and the club that you would in, that you would like to invite our listeners into today? 
Sure. So I'm 31 years old and I'm your middle sister, um, the middle one out of the three of us. And um, I've basically been working as a registered nurse for just over three years now, but I've been working in healthcare for seven years. So quite a while. Um, and the club that I'd like to invite everyone to join me into or with on around whichever way you'd like me to come in all the yeah. prepositions prepositions yeah um, in around under through through <laughs> across <laughs> amongst um is the hearing impaired nurse club so i was born with a hearing disability i prefer to use the terminology deaf because it's just what i'm used to and it's just a quicker way to say it um, so I was born with quite a moderate to severe hearing loss. Um, it's about 60 to 70% bilaterally. It's a little bit worse in my left ear, but um, I can't really tell because this is my normal. For a clearer understanding of like exactly how bad that is, I've got the hearing of like, say, a 60 to 70-year-old. Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't have chicken pox when I was a child. I wasn't like unwell as a child or anything like that. It's just a disability. Um, our dad is deaf, probably a little bit less severe than mine is, but as you can expect, he doesn't wear his hearing aids and I really, really have to because I don't have a choice. Um, so growing up, things were pretty good. I had a really nice childhood. Um, I went through all the normal stages of primary school as a kid does. The technology back in the day, from what I remember, was pretty backwards compared to how it is now. Um, if any listeners out there are hearing impaired or who work in a primary school back in the 90s, early 2000s would know if they had any um, hearing impaired student. If anyone would remember using an FM, it's sort of like a Walkman. I don't know if you've ever seen one of your kids have them as a primary school teacher. Yeah, they still use those systems in um, classrooms now. So I remember at my previous school, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a student who um, who had a hearing impairment and he had like the coolest um little hearing aids that you could barely even notice um but then yeah the fm system would like go around your neck like on like yeah. a lanyard or like a necklace and it had like a transmitter that then would project your voice like amplify your voice and then that would go directly to the child's hearing aids yeah whereas and, and just like the kids i feel like obviously it depends on like the culture of the classroom but the kids were just like it was their norm, like it was no different, like there was yeah. nothing unusual about it. The only thing really for the teacher was to remember to put it on. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I remember like you had that technology, like you were saying, like growing up, But and you might talk about this, but like the hearing aid technology back then was nothing like it is today. Oh, it wasn't, and the hearing aids that I remember having back then were – um, if anyone has also been into an audiologist's office, they have a little bulletin board and it's full of all the Spider-Man themed hearing aids and like a unicorn one. I saw a Frozen themed one on my last checkup and I was just like not the biggest fan of Frozen. So if you have a Tangled one like or a Moana one, I'm all in, <laughs> but not Frozen for me. But still that's very cute. Like imagine that back in the day. Um, and they have, you know, like the bright neon pink and purple and, um, big glittery ones you can get flowers in the little ear molds that you can see when there's um, like that clear mold that's on the inside of your ear um, so all of that was sort of in a way celebrated when I was a young child and it was really cute and cool to accessorize it to show them off just to treat them as like a really glamorous pair of earrings as if oh everything's fine let's just make this really cute and sweet and non-traumatic for this child as possible and the other kids that I were around I don't remember ever being bullied like it wasn't a big deal I also went through I don't really remember specifically going through speech therapy, but I kind of, I was actually thinking about it this morning. I don't remember a direct teacher or maybe I was too young to remember, but I think I've actually kind of taught myself how to speak well. My S's are quite, uh, they can get quite loose or slippery as I call them. Mm -hmm. And I have to teach myself how to bite my words when I'm using something that begins with the word S. And it's, it's Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. That's I wonder, okay. it's kind of interesting. I wonder as well. Because mm. we've moved overseas so many times and our accents have changed yeah. like dramatically from like a really strong Australian accent to Irish, then we've like had to adapt. And because of that, like 
quick adaptation as children because it's very, very common for young children to pick up accents and to quickly adapt to different accents and languages and all that sort of thing. I wonder as a child as well, like because you were trained just through life experience to um, to change pronunciation because of being in a different country, perhaps mm. that also like positively impacted your speech too. I'm not sure. I mean, they might, I could, if there's any speech so. pathologists out there maybe going, no, nah, you're like wrong. screaming at them. <laughs> like, like no. Incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> Development stage. No. Um, yeah, you're right. And I get asked this by people a lot, especially people I'm just meeting for the first time. Am I American? Because as you were saying in one of your Extreme Relocators Club episode, you said, you know, your sisters have still hold on to their accent because they came here like um, a lot younger than you did. And I find that my R's and um, the way that I might say like vowels is quite American. So people tend to ask if I'm like Canadian or American, but it's just because I find um, certain words easier to say with a bit more of an accent. So it's just what it is. And I also can't hear my voice probably as sharply as other people can hear my mm. voice doesn't have all the fine details in my own brain as an, as a um, normally a normal hearing person would hear. So I find it a bit easier to sort of um, make my accent a little bit more pronounced just so I can like hear what I'm saying more. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I have watched videos on TikTok of people who have cochlear implants and they tend to have a bit more of a higher pitched echoey voice. And I think, and I've noticed that with a couple of other deaf healthcare workers that I've met, their voice is a bit more overpronounced. Um yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Have you ever Have you ever seen that with a deaf person that you've met that their speech is a bit, bit more otherworldly or it's pronounced differently? Yeah, I definitely notice like students that have had um, cochlear implants or like have yeah. a say like a mild hearing impairment that their speech um, like. With the accent. Yeah, like yeah. It's, they might um, overpronounce certain sounds and then miss certain sounds. But I don't know. Just from what you were saying that. Um, about not being able to hear your own voice like I know myself like if I've got blocked ears or if I've got mm -hmm. my headphones in like if I've got my headphones in and I'm trying to talk yeah. to somebody um, on the phone or I'm trying to talk to somebody and I've got headphones in that I can imagine like that experience for me is really frustrating yeah and then I don't know how I sound like I almost feel like I sound really nasally because I'm yeah. not hearing yeah my voice authentically and then, yeah, I don't know if anyone else has experienced that, but it might also be I, that even just that slight frustration be, like gets to me and I can imagine that would be really hard if you're dealing with that all the time and how yeah. you would compensate for that. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes my brain does prefer to re to revert to like an American way of speaking just so I can just like get over it and just get the sound out. But 90% of my vocabulary is like an Australian accent but it would just be more of like maybe more like a valley girl sort of Australian accent who cares anyway yes, yes. So anyway Katrina you spoke <laughs> a bit about like the positives of your primary um yeah. years at school yes. which is yeah which is really lovely and I think that's a re that's really like positive that you have that experience because I know that <clears> wouldn't be the same for all children but generally you find that you know if kids have started from kindy with a child who has a disability or they have you know um something that is maybe different to them in their experience whatever it might be that kids are a lot more accepting and that's just that's that person that's who they are but it's not until you know possibly those adolescent years that those things can change so do you mind maybe going into a little bit about um, what that experience was like for you after primary school? Well, after primary school and when we started moving into secondary school, we both went to an all-girls school in in um, Skullwira in, in Newbridge in Ireland where, we, where most of our childhood was. And, again, I had nothing but good experiences. I grew out of using the FM. I had smaller hearing aids back then. I was so supported in that high school experience. I don't remember ever being bullied. You know, we spoke Gaelic. I spoke French. You spoke German. We we were around all these, like, incredibly smart, supportive girls. There was no – I don't remember ever – there ever being a bullying culture in school where – or Holy Family, sorry, I should say. Holy Family was the secondary school we both went to. I don't remember there ever being, like – 
a bullying environment there at all. And I was very, not so much sheltered, but I've never experienced like any negative, like high school experiences or primary school experiences um, up to that point. Mm. So, and like, I, I don't have any negative um, hearing disability memories around that time, but just around the time where I started year nine, which would be probably around 13, we left Ireland for like the last time, as you mentioned in one of your earlier episodes, and we moved to Australia. You were about two years older than me, so you were in like more of a sweet spot than I was developmentally in year nine, just from my point of view. I mean, honestly, yeah. like any high school teacher will agree that year nines are the worst. It's so shit. Like year nines are the, it's like they've gone through this stage of puberty mm. where they're coming out of like, like the, you know, early adolescence and they're like risk, year nine is almost like the testing the waters year yeah. where like, you know, they're taking risks. They're like, they're, you know, they coming back with their attitude. Like it's, it's a pretty transitional year for lots of kids. And it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that we say, tr- I say transitional year because Ireland, like the Irish school system do that. This is a very complete side note, but the Irish system actually consider that developmental stage much better than they do here in Australia. 100%. Like the education, I've said this like from day one, I had a much better educational experience in Ireland than Australia, like big time. I felt like we were given more, we were just kind of trusted more with our educational process. Like we were taught taxes, like business classes. We were taught like ancient Irish history and stuff like that. I don't remember ever being stressed out either. Like it was all very well balanced and structured and, like our language classes were great and um, we managed everything very well and we were giving tutoring and we still you were in the choir and I still did like an art group or something like that. But in mm. Australia it was completely different. I don't know. I was so stressed from like day one of starting year nine. I do With, wonder yeah. was that because we yeah. we had come in mid-year. Like we'd come Maybe. into like um, – a different schooling system we come in like we'd left our previous school that we had started from the beginning with everyone was new it was like everyone yeah. had gone into like and how does Australia teach things yeah yeah and I think as well like there there definitely are pros and cons to like both countries education systems because I feel like mm. Australia is much more ahead when it comes to like STEM and yeah, the future, like the fu- yeah. like future and like university skills and yeah. big time, yeah, and like those skills that kids need for like future careers that you know that don't even exist yet because who knows what the jobs will be like, you know, in 30, 40 years' time. But yeah, that's then true. Ireland, I don't know, they, yeah, more, more just, classic, more like, yeah, traditional, more sense. cultural, like in, in a different yeah. way because it's you know, it's in Europe. And there's like the different history. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I never thought a about rich it that history way. though, because you. I mean, yeah. Australia has a. I mean, both countries have a very troubled history and yes, a complex a history. I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, yeah. so in year nine, that's when things started to go downhill a little bit. Um, I still was doing like pretty well in high school, but my hearing aids just kind of ruined all the fun to be completely honest I still had quite a big pair um technology was improving but they were quite big um I'm part of the Australian hearing system where I get free hearing aids up until I'm 26 and after that I'm just out on my own 26 where did they pick that I know from? I say that at every audiology meeting I'm like it's still 26 okay good to know <laughs> yeah can you scrape a few years off my birth certificate please yeah 26 just infinitely I know they timed my last pair so it was like a week before my um, 26th birthday oh anyway <laughs> so in year nine um I was just like I I remember high school was okay like I had friends I was never like alone but I was I think I was just battling with a couple of things with my mental health that I didn't even realize until probably about a year later and that and things were starting to kind of bubble below the surface and I wasn't happy and I couldn't figure out why and on top of that my hearing aids were like easy picking for the popular kids um anyone that's gone to like a private school knows that there are like cliques everywhere and there are like very sporty kids who just kind of like who are kind of like on this level and then like little English lit art nerds like me are on this other level and um and I just didn't like wearing them but I had to wear them or else school would be very difficult 
I remember this one day I had to do like a presentation in a, a math or a science class. I think it was math. And I and we all hate doing public speaking in high school because they all stare at you and you're very sweaty and no mm-hmm. one's listening to you. They're just staring and they're just like and they're like laughing at the back row and it's not fun and you can't and, you, and your ears are like ringing because you're like get me the get me the hell off this stage now. You know, I, I always hated doing them and and at the end you're like oh god does anyone have any questions? Please please don't ask me any questions because no one's listening and the popular kids would always put up their hand and say something really rude or something just not related to the um the presentation at all and one of the boys who was an absolute terrorist said yeah I've got a question um what are those things in your ears and I remember it just felt like an atomic bomb went off in my head and my like I I was just like white with embarrassment like I was so embarrassed and I I couldn't cry I couldn't yell at him I couldn't do anything I just said Oh, I, I, I don't know. And then I sat down and I was like shaking. And then five minutes later, I said, can I just, I, I just need to go to the bathroom, just go get something out of my bag. And I ran into like the locker room and I just sobbed for 15 minutes and the teacher had to go and look for me. And she, and she said, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I've, I, I'll speak to him after class. I'm like, please don't speak to him after class. He can't, I don't want, I don't want to, I just want to be invisible. I'm just going to ignore all this. I'm not going to yell at anyone. I'm just going to be just laugh it off and ignore it. And I bottled it down, bottled it down. And it was still like that in year 10. And at the time I didn't, I was overweight. I didn't feel very pretty. I was struggling. Like I'd never kissed anyone. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know how to meet any boys. I thought I'd never get a boyfriend. I thought I was just this frizzy haired like fat ugly girl and the popular kids kind of made me feel as if I would always be that fat frizzy haired ugly girl and it it was it was really difficult because all my friends around me were getting boyfriends and it kind of preempted its way into like a pretty bad mental health crisis where I had like a very bad breakdown and a diagnosis came up with something that would sort of alter my life forever Um, and I had to leave school like in the middle of year nine I had a break my parents and then after that my parents said what do you want to do and I said well I really enjoy art and they um, and then I went in went off to study art for three years which was the best three years of my life like as a 17 year old going into Northbridge on the train meeting all these people that you wish you could have met like from day one just the best people ever and i from that, from the day that I left year 11, I didn't wear my hearing aids for four years. I just wanted to disconnect myself from like that version of who that, who that lonely like girl who felt like nobody wanted to kiss her was. So I lost a lot of weight. I was partying a lot. I was making a lot of bad decisions. I like cut and dyed my hair. I was wearing like more out there clothes and I was like meeting boys where they were all the wrong type. I had a string of bad relationship after that things were kind of messy and and then I was I was travel and then I traveled for a while I did the whole like you know partying around Europe thing getting drunk in London falling out of a bar in Germany something like that and I was always um hitting hitting like a roadblock and going and crying and saying I want to go home I've messed up things again I want to go home at least every six months I would do this and it wasn't until I was about 26 when I was in Melbourne after I was in London for a few months and I was still lost and I ended up going to Melbourne because I had some friends over there. And I said, I, I need, I just need to keep going. I need to keep looking. I have to keep looking. It has to be out there somewhere. And and then my mum at the time, she, in the past, she volunteered as a carer. And she said, Katrina, why don't you just go into, um, like, go study to be a carer to see your Cert 3. It's really easy. See if you like it. And legit, the first day that I walked into this tiny little, like, mini TAFE in, in it was Keysborough in Victoria, which is, like, 40 minutes outside of Melbourne, but it was this um, Cert 3 that was starting tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. The minute I walked into that door, my entire life changed. And I will say that from the beginning, it wasn't my nursing degree that changed everything. It was that tiny little um, healthcare course in way out of Melbourne that changed everything. And it was as if a light bulb went on, went on. And 
about a week after I signed up for that course, I started wearing my hearing aids again because I was like, this, I need to take this seriously. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then my life just fast-forwarded and got so much better from then on. I, I was a carer for three or four years. And then I then I went into uni. I thought I would just freaking get laughed at in uni. Like, what is, she's not smart enough to be a nurse. She can't do this. She's, her disability is going to hold her back. And you blink and your degree is over. You blink and three years is over and you're like, oh, my God, like imposter syndrome, but I guess I'll keep going. (laughs) And now I'm about three and a half years into my career and I'm just waiting for um, a travel contract to come through that will bring me around the southwest of WA and I'm aiming for over east in February for a couple of months. And it's really nice just to sit at the top of this hill and turn around and look at like the big path that I've gone down and it's really nice you know but it's not mm. to say that the troubles of my hearing aids have gone away um but I'll go into that in a minute but it has been nice like in terms of the trajectory of my life and everything like things are pretty good at the moment mm. There's yeah like a huge amount to be proud of I love that you shared that that journey of like, you know, the hard times where you didn't want to wear the yeah. hearing aids for so many years and it wasn't until like that life-changing moment for you that, you know, sort of inspired you or motivated you to, yeah, to take control of your life again and and to like not be ashamed of that part of who you are because it's something to be really proud of and um, I think that, you know, as well there are so many inspirational people who have you know, achieved great things like you've achieved, you know, despite their disability. Like that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. That's just a part of you. And it actually we'll talk about this later. Like there are people that don't have the disability, that don't have the wonderful um, qualities that you have and that you have because of the experience that you've gone through and are going through, which is, yeah, just definitely, yeah. yeah. But there have definitely been times, um, and we've spoken about this before, where I just don't want to be disabled sometimes. I just want to wake up and not have to bring it up on a date and wait for the reaction, not have to go to a different workplace doing the job that I do and worry that someone will see them and go, oh, you know, but the hearing aids I'm wearing quite uh, like now are very new and they're quite Mm. they're bigger than my previous ones and I can really feel the size of them because I mean you can probably barely see them but I can Mm. and I'm very and it's kind of bringing me back a couple of steps like emotionally because they're a little bit bigger than my old ones and I just think god the whole world can see them and the whole world's going even though that's that's not the case you know like that that's, they're just a support system you know they're, they're not they're not impacting on my life in any way and they're not changing my personality in any way but I think it's still normal probably a lot of disabled people have felt this way where you're just like oh not today mm. you know I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to wake up and do this today I just want to have a break <laughs> yeah you want to like yeah. hit, you want to put the foot on the brake and just like kind of ignore that that part of of who you are and how that can sometimes hold you back or or drain your energy in certain ways? Because I know that when you're wearing your hearing aids all day, it's really tiring. So another question I have for you then is how has your hearing impairment um, impacted your career and your experience as being a deaf nurse? Yeah, so um, I kind of just want to go back to when I was a student just on my nursing pracs. Um, so it was around stage four, which would be probably the uh, my second year of my nursing studies, and it was in like a small general hospital, just on an adult rehab ward. And at the time before this pack, I've been getting good feedback. You know, um, being a student is so hard as it is, and you have to um, and you have to be assessed by clinical facilitators all day to make sure that your practice is safe and you're doing the right thing. Um, and this facilitator just from day one just did not like me. He just was a very cocky sort of a dude personality wise. It just didn't really mesh with mine. And I was like, that's fine. I'm just going to do things by his book and, um, show up on time. You know, I'm paying, I'm paying to be here. I'm just going to do it. 
and he kind of caught the fact that I had a hearing impairment on my first week because I have to tell everyone. I tell every employer. I tell anyone at work that needs to know, which is, is only I only tell people at work, like, if it's an issue or if, yeah, but anyone, everyone can see them, so it kind of speaks for itself. Um, I speak to any manager of any new facility that I go to that I have them, any job interview. Anyway, so I told every facilitator, and he just kind of flipped a switch when I told him. He kind of treated me like he was a little bit funny towards me. He would um, sort of talk down. He would overpronounce his words in a way that you're not supposed to with deaf people. Like if I asked him to repeat something, he would roll his eyes and sigh and go, I said this. And I'm like, oh, dear, you do not say that, not to me, but not to anyone. You definitely don't speak that way to anyone. But what I do and what I always do is I shut my mouth and I let it roll over me because I don't want to cause conflict. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! <laughs> because women have to just shut up and be nice or else we don't get liked at all. So I did that because I didn't want to get kicked out of my prac. <laughs> I didn't want to be a troublesome student. I just wanted to go in there and do my thing and ignore him. And it was at the end of the second week where um, – he would, you know, trick me into questions. He would give me, like, what's this medication? If it's a medication that an ICU medication, not an adult rehab medication, like, what's that got to do with this? And and I just confronted him and I said, is there, like, is there a problem? Like, uh, am I doing something that you don't agree with? Um, is there unsafe practice that I'm doing? Like, just give me good, like, give me some feedback. And he goes, well, I just don't think you're suitable to work in a hospital at all. And I said, oh, uh, you know when you, you, your your blood just runs cold and you just get the tingles and you go, oh, my God, Horrible. what is this? And I had no idea. I said, oh, wh- what do you mean? And he said, I think with your disability you should really think about working in a – now what I'm about to say for any nurses listening, this is absolutely no derogatory um, harm or – you know, no shade at all to any anyone's nursing profession or the avenues of nursing that we all work in. Nursing is an extremely hard job and it's all relative and, we, and we're all just getting through it and we all work just as hard as anyone else, regardless of what environment we're in. However, he said, you'd be more suitable to work as a school nurse or in a doctor's office or doing immunizations or a little like shock clinic or something. And at, and then I just melted into the ground. That is so degrading. It's really degrading. Um, and I said, ableist as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. It was ableist. And I said, is there evidence to say that I'm performing so tragically bad and killing everyone in this hospital right now, even though I'm doing a good job and I'm just doing things by the book and I'm just a normal chick? And he said, no, 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 I just think, like, you won't be able to hear things, you won't be able to hear a heartbeat, you won't be able to hear an alarm, you won't be able to hear a blood pressure accurately, you're going to misdiagnose people. Um, untrue, because do you want to share yeah. a bit about your, the, like, the really cool, um, like... Amplified uh, Amplified, yeah. Like, there's some really cool technology now. There are, cool. and um, there is a $300 graduation present that I have. <laughs> it's a cardiac um, amplified thesoscope. And, um, and it cut through the input that my hearing aids make and it just, it just turns everything up to a hundred and I use that at work. And so far no one has died on my shift. So touch wood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he said that, and I, of course, what, what, what would you do in front of a guy like that? You would cry. (laughs) And I cried so hard that he sent me home two hours early. Woohoo. That is just disgusting. It's disgusting disgusting. that somebody in a caring profession who has patients that, you know, have hearing impairments or are deaf and, you know, like is meant to be caring and being considerate of other people and and then was just so, yeah, ableist and discriminatory against a young student who, like, you could have rightly so gone and reported him. I did. Oh, 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 hang on a second. Spilling the tea. Pump pump those brakes. (laughs) She did report him. And he got in trouble. Mm. But I don't really talk about it. Nobody knows about this story because. Too late. Except for for you, you (laughs) and all these beautiful listeners. (laughs) 
Hola, hola, single digit listeners. Yeah, no, I I just don't talk about it because it is like one of those horrible things. Like it kind of made me feel like that little high school student again and I just wanted to bury it until now. (laughs) But um, it it wasn't very nice at all and he did get in trouble for that. Um, but I didn't, and they said, do you want to take this any further? And I just said, no, nah, just slap, just give him a little slap on the butt and let's just move on. Bit of a wake-up call. Like, it may not have resonated with him at the time and he may have gone, oh, like, what a snitch. But, like, it, you never know, like, down the track that may have sunk in with him at some later stage and he's like, oh, like, you know, oh, I remember when I said that thing about that nurse. Like, And do you ever, like, think about one day, you don't have to say like which hospital obviously this was at, mm. but like, do you ever think one day, like imagine, you know, cause you've done work in like a supervisor role and all sorts of stuff and mm. you're studying like post-grad and everything. Yeah. Imagine if you came across him now as like a qualified nurse with experience and like, you know, many notches on your belt and achievements and you go, mm, I mean, you know, kind of slaying like you're killing it at Play. the game and then he's told you as like a second year prac student that I don't think this is the career for you what would you say if you saw him I would just say like you should never um you should never assume what anyone is like um you should never think anyone's lesser than you because they have a disability just because like I need some support in my hearing doesn't mean I'm not an excellent like visual person doesn't mean I don't listen to what people are saying doesn't mean I'm not like I I have very good common sense you know I'm like a good critical thinker I think fast and I'm so kind to everyone I've got good bedside manner and I think all of that is worth more than just hearing a hundred percent of the alarm bells instead of probably 95 with artificial hearing. The alarm bell is still loud as shit. You're still going to hear it. And there is technology to help you hear a patient's heartbeat more accurately. So I just think like it's, you need to give people a chance. And this is, I think it's also good to put um, disabled people in higher up roles, you know, because you could have a different approach to the management or supervision um, and you need to give them opportunities and it's good representation, not for company optic, but for how that person feels about being given that opportunity. When I was in my last job, I had a supervisor role for the last half of, um, the year that I was there. And when I got recommended for that, I was so happy. I couldn't believe it. And I was also like, I'm not going to be able to hear the million, 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 million questions and phone calls that I'm going to get every day. But you know what I did? I figured it out and I just paid attention and I just, like just kept myself being switched on you can either say no I can't do it or you can just try it anyway and if you're not going to be good at it that's fine but I think um we do need to give um disabled people like more opportunities because you know we're not we're not we're not trying to kill anyone (laughs) yeah hopefully hopefully not it's too much paperwork (laughs) yeah I like that it's too much paperwork you have to deal with it afterwards but um like outside of my prac into like my real life career now um if there's ever any problem with me not hearing someone I just like get out of my swivelly chair and walk over to the nurse station I'm like girl I'm sorry I've got the shittest hearing Uh, you're just gonna have to say it again and I was saying to you the other day I just over apologize I'm like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry it's so annoying it's so annoying like almost like screaming at them and shaking them you know going like it's so annoying isn't it and but you feel like you do have to do that you know and it's like in real life on the other side it's not that annoying it's just repeating something and most of the time it's really important information about like a sick patient you want to make sure you have it whether you're deaf or not Mm, so exactly that makes a lot of sense so now we're getting to the part of the episode where it is time to celebrate with the badges of honor and Katrina has touched on you know some really heartwarming stories and raw experiences that she's gone through in her life the the ups the downs the in-betweens of some as a nurse with a hearing impairment um but I think this is a really great time to celebrate like what are the badges of honor and the amazing things that have come you know as a result of your experience and being in this club 
I think um, with my background in like what I studied before nursing was I studied art for three years um, and that was a lot of fun. I've always been like a very creative person. Like I've always been very visual. Um, I love colour. I love wearing like sparkly things, Um, even though right now I'm head to toe in like a maxi black dress. and like dark makeup on but regardless um I think it's made me extra creative and wanting to just make things really pretty just looking on the bright side of things um just because I can't hear something very well doesn't mean like I can't make it look good Mm. (laughs) so I think that would be my badge of honor and the other thing is I'm very empathetic um if there's anyone at the party who is kind of sitting at the end of the table and isn't being spoken to I always try to make them included in the conversation because as a disabled person there's nothing worse than feeling like you're being left behind or you're lagging behind other people because of your impairment and I'm very in tune to what it's like to feel alone like many times in my life I felt alone like I can be quite introverted I can be a bit mistrustful of new people sometimes because I'm worried that once I find out they'll just think like all the things that I already think about myself in regards to my disability um and I'm also like I also love meeting disabled people out in the wild like especially deaf healthcare ner- deaf healthcare workers sorry um I had an amazing preceptor nursing preceptor in my last stage stage six and she was a little bit more hearing impaired than I was I think hers was about 80 or 90 and she was quite close to needing a cochlear implant and her speech was a little bit different to mine but she had a master's in in um nursing education she was an incredibly smart woman she was a single mother we used to just talk for hours and when I met her for the first time and I saw the hearing aid just I just like all of the lights in my body just lit on and I was like oh my god who is this person and she's made it this far maybe I can too like nothing has stopped her yet and I used to just like ask her a million questions about what's it like when you answer the phone? What's it like during a met like emergency call? Has anyone ever excluded you because of your hearing? Is there any is there any specialty that you can and can't do? Is there any that any that you prefer? Any that you think I should stay away from? I just would not let this woman go. And I still think about her now. And I've met a deaf doctor before as well. Um, this very quiet, like shy, introverted guy. I was talking to him one day and he turned his head to look at the computer at something and I saw that he had these little tiny hearing aids. And I was like, dude, are you deaf? Like, do you wear hearing aids? So I didn't say it like that, but, you know, <laughs> in very, um, excuse me, may I ask? <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> not like that. That'd be that's so real. I, I would have, like, he would have shot straight through the roof out of fear if I said that. And he said, oh, yeah, I had chicken pox when I was a baby. And we went back and forth for about half an hour about, are you an introvert? Me too. Do you like, do you get sensory overload and you need to eat your lunch alone? Me too. Mm-hmm. Do you have to like stare at everyone in a really creepy way because you lip read? Me too. And it was, and everyone was just staring at us because this doctor would never say a word to anyone, but we were just going back and forth. And it's really nice to unlock that sort of, um, little club with hearing impaired people and we just go back and forth and we realize we're all so similar and this is how we've gotten through our life by being in very similar ways mm. yeah That's and this nice. was a lot of fun thank thanks for inviting me on to your podcasts <laughs> i'm gonna have to lean over because Did your microphone die? my microphone just died which is really annoying so we're gonna have to share we're gonna share we're good at sharing being siblings are we are we good at sharing we're okay. It's easier as we gotten older, I think. Yeah, that's true. And now we usually share snacks and what else do we share? We share an attitude. An yeah. attitude. And it, we share our sister group chat is basically just memes and TV. Pictures of food. Pictures of food and TV shows and podcast episodes that we've been listening to. Yeah, today, um, today the podcast screenshot that I shared was um, You're Wrong About, an incredible podcast. I'm a massive fan of it. Everyone needs to go and subscribe after you've subscribed to this podcast, of course. And five stars. Five stars. <laughs> and the episode was about Amy Winehouse um, and it was the most respectful, thoughtful, beautiful 
piece of work from a podcast I've heard in a very long time. It was really, really good. And I'm a huge Amy Winehouse fan. You've you've been to Camden in London mm. and you've seen she her, she's everywhere. And I, I love her music and I she's think about icon. her a lot. And another like yeah. another like icon um and person who was just like mm. Like, like, like abused judge, by the judge, misunderstood, yeah. um, manipulated and financially and emotionally abused by her father. And then the British tabloids, like the British tabloids are just disgusting. Oh, like, I remember that. I remember those bloody ballet flats on oh. that tabloid photo and like them all making fun of her like with Blake and it's really, really sad. I mean, and I question myself again, what is it about men? That's all I can say. And on that <laughs> note, why are men? No, we love why men. Why are men? Why are toxic men? Because there are some very beautiful men, very kind, lovely men. And I think we'll have to end that there today. Um, yeah. That was such an awesome episode. So interesting to, you know, hear Katrina's story obviously I've grown up with her um and gone through part of that experience but also like can never fully relate because I haven't gone through what she's gone through and um yeah very proud of everything she's achieved and will continue to achieve and I think she's an amazing role model for other young people other young women um and also for little your little, um, I was about to say your granddaughter, your your Ooh, little niece as well. You. Um, yeah, surprise. Yes, because um, your daughter, I love how you're teaching her sign language. That Actually, just, that is true. That is, I just remembered that. Yeah, and that, that just warms, that warms the heart. It's she, so sweet. And the the level of communication that she's able to now yeah. express through she that. me. She's very she yeah she's she picks up on it very quickly but yeah it is it's very it's very special and a lot of schools now um yeah. instead of like Italian or Japanese or whatever like they will have Auslan as their mm. second language which is very very cool anyway we could talk about this for hours and hours and maybe we'll have you on for another part like a part yeah. two or another yeah. club or another um just like a mini episode recommendations of of something all right well that was really awesome um thank you to those people who have gotten this far if you've gotten this far like wow you're amazing can you please um subscribe hit subscribe on whichever podcast app you are using i really appreciate that follow um follow the podcast on join the club dot podcast on instagram and um write a review that would be just so good like share it just even share with your friends if you think that like there was an episode that your friend would really like if they have somebody in their family who has a hearing impairment if they have someone in their family who's a nurse like just share it share the love they might connect with it in some way um and yes and thank you always for joining the club